You are listening to the Cuss Running Podcast, where we believe that running should be whimsical and that everyone belongs. Run as you are. All right. I would love to hear both of your running stories. Let's start with Carmel. How did you get into running? All right. So for me, I actually did not get into running until like 2014. Um, so pretty recently, um, you know, I was kind of it's like nine kid. years ago. That's not I know. that recent. Well, it was, there <laughs> I was guess that's not that recent. No, but I guess in the, like, I was an adult is what okay. I mean. You know, gotcha. like, it was okay. like, I was like, you know, like late twenties or early thirties. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. <laughs> Time is going by, huh? Getting yeah, older. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, I was kind of like the not athletic growing up, I guess is, is my point. Cause there's a huge contrast between Lee and I, as far as that goes, you know, I wasn't athletic. I was like the fat kid growing up and I was really self-conscious. So running, especially, uh, even when I got into fitness running was something I didn't want to do. Cause you had to do it like in front of people, you know, like outside they could see you and like shout out the window at you, you know, that used to make me so self-conscious, but I did always kind of want to do a marathon. That was like a bucket list thing for me. And I never like moved towards that at all until like 2014, I finally had the goal of like, all right, this is going to be the year that I could run a mile consecutively, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, the, I I made it happen in 2014. I got that mile. And then my first 5k was uh, 2017. And uh, if you fast forward, basically I got uh, injured training for a marathon. So I ended up doing the Cleveland half marathon in uh, was it 2018. That went pretty horribly. I didn't know anything. Like I was just like, you know, I was just clueless basically. And I en ended up limping out like the last three or four miles. And then, you know, I decided like, while I'm limping out these miles, like I'm going to train harder. I'm going to come back <laughs> and, and I'm going to do the full marathon next year. Like this is going to be it, you know? And uh, I got a junk miles plan as I call it now online yeah. and started training for the Cleveland full marathon. It was actually while training for the, the full marathon that I got injured and sidelined for, um, for six months. And it was during that time that I really started to discover like strength training and what was going on. Like, yeah, it was, it was all came down to like, here, I'm thinking I had a knee problem and it was like IT band stuff, but it all was linked to my scoliosis basically. Mm. And so figuring out the strength training and all that, I was able to make these huge improvements. I was able to even do things that weren't related to running that I couldn't do anymore, like lift. Like I hadn't been able to lift in a while. I couldn't pick up my like three-year-old daughter at the time. And suddenly I was able to start doing that stuff again. And little by little, I was able to start running again. Um, but during that time I had started hiking in the woods and I realized like, Hey, when I go back to running, I want to be a trail runner. So as <laughs> I started to pick up the running, I started to do it in the woods. And that's when I decided that I was going to do a hundred miler. So I actually, to this day, have not done an official marathon. There were naysayers <laughs> who were like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. That'll be the day that you do a marathon. And they were right. I have not done that, but I've done multiple hundred milers now. So I, have, I haven't run a road marathon either. So no, never. We're, we're even. <laughs> I love that. Who never done one? a road marathon? <laughs> Who needs one? All right. Yeah. All right. Lee, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What's your running story? Uh, I didn't like running far because it's mm -hmm. incredibly mind numbingly boring. Mm -hmm. so I did other sports. Like I smoked through high school and college and I quit when I was 24 or five. And I started running 20 minutes every day because it hurt oh. and it made me not want to smoke. Okay. So then I was getting that. bronchitis. So then I picked up other sports that were more high impact and exciting, some different team rec sports, like rugby and things and roller derby and boxing and beat the crap oh. out of my body. Yeah. So, but I always, but you, there's a lot of cardio in those mm -hmm. and you can go to tournament and you're playing multiple times in a day. So I had high fitness. I never thought about it as distance running. 
you know, mm. that was fun. You're doing, a, you're, there's, it's active. People tackle you and stuff. Yeah. But then team sports can take a toll, although I'm glad I played them and I kind of got where I didn't want to count on that. And at the same time, I'd gotten too many concussions and I happened mm. into trail running, which I didn't know trail races were a thing. Mm-hmm. Found out they were. <laughs> there was this women's running group. A girlfriend wanted to go. I didn't want to get up on Saturday. I wound up being like, fine, I'll go with you. And it was fun. We went for a whole hour. And this, then that was every Saturday. I'm going to go try to see how long I can keep jogging in the woods. I remember making it to 90 minutes. I was like, hallelujah. And they're all signing up for this race. And it's this eight or 15K. And most people can't trigger this in me, but there's that one person, you know, that they say a thing. And this one woman in the group, she's like, oh, well, 15K might be a little bit too much for you. Oh, I'm doing it. And I was like, oh, oh, that so hurts. now, but you could maybe do the 8K. So I signed up for the 15K <sighs> immediately. Yeah. And I beat her. <laughs> it, it was also in February in snow. So this was like 2010. Mm-hmm. And it was the furthest I had run in my life. And it was super fun. So I promptly signed up for a 25K, which was a few months late, two months later, and mind-numbingly destructively awful for the last three miles. I was like staggering up mind-numbingly, really just my legs hurt. My GI was off. I was like yeah. staggering up these hills. I didn't, I couldn't take in calories or even drink water during running because I would get a stitch in my side. I've since oh. learned. And so I just didn't, it was horrible. But then my second one was good. So then, but then at the end of the second one and the same woman goes, oh, I won because mm-hmm. it was a small local one. Mm-hmm. And I won right at the end. Like I actually put in calories and started slow. Turns out if you put in calories <laughs> and start slower, you can run out the end. It's amazing. And then, and then I've got pretty good leg speed. So like I, it was quick at other sports. So, you know, like it, once I got up to speed with the trails, it was fun, but no, she's like, oh, well, yeah, all the fast people ran the 50 K. Oh. <laughs> so oh, man. I probably signed up for a 50 K before I could think about it. Yeah. Also, she, there were other people that were signing up for it. Oh, maybe you could wait a year. No. Then I spent the last five or six miles of that 50K. So that's like the summer of 2010. Delirious, bottoms of my feet hurt. I thought it was the end of the world. I couldn't walk right for three days. <laughs> oh gosh. But then by day four, I felt good again. So I promptly signed up for two more 50Ks. And they, the third one, I was hilly and it blew my quads out so badly that I had to walk the last two miles. I could barely walk downhill because my quads were so blown because I had the bravery and the, the agility and the foot speed to run downhills fast. Mm-hmm. But I never practiced that. <laughs> so I destroyed my quads, which I did again the next year at a 50, my first 50 miler. And then I learned about, you know, strength training and downhill <laughs> there's a theme here, really. <laughs> yeah. And then it just kept escalating though. So yeah, like I ran my first hundred mile in 2012 okay. because I had signed up for the 50 mile, but then I went and did Canada death race with a friend, which is like a hundred K plus, plus, plus. Mm-hmm. I came home from that very brave. And so I emailed the race director of the, that I was supposed to run this 50 mile, like a month, the next month I was like, Hey, so I'm just curious. I wasn't, I was like, ah, but I'd had a beer after a long run. I couldn't mean the long run. I'd had a beer after running though. Oh, Hey, are we allowed to go up to the hundred? Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> just curious. Is that a thing? And he emails me back. Your bib number for the hundred mile is this. You owe me 50 bucks when you get here. Like, oh, Okay. Okay. Well, and I didn't die. I blew out both of my calf muscles completely. Almost got hospitalized because of compartment syndrome. <laughs> the skin peeled off like a week later. Oh, I had gosh. some running form and some pacing issues in the night. And so, you know, I, then I didn't run another one for like a year. And then, but then, you know, 
this and that dare with friends, this and that joke, and it escalated, and I started running a bunch of hundreds. And now she has what, 53? 53? 53, 52 hundreds. She had the 50. She had the 50 by 50, uh, 50, 100 milers by 50 years old goal, and she met it and has exceeded it. You exceeded it. I was still 49. Wait, so when did you start? What age were you when you started running 100 milers to when you hit 50? Okay, what, what year is that? it? It's 2000, it's 23 now, and I'm 50. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just turned 50. So I ran my first 112 right after my birth, like a couple months after my birthday. So I would have been 11 years. That's 11 so, years ago. That so, yes, we have established but that. When I started, <laughs> that the, the teens the were not year. that recently as we thought. <laughs> the first year, 2000 seems recent. I'm an old person. The first year that I ran 100, I was like, I'm not doing that again. And then I, had a 50 miler like that was in like july like tapping the table and then, then the i can't next... hear it you're good i can't oh, hear the okay. tapping you're the, fine because we have a mic on the table yeah it's like echoing in my ears every time <laughs> like she next, does it <laughs> the next may i ran the ice age 50 miler oh right. i had an exceedingly good race but mm-hmm. in 2013 that was a montreal cup race which is what they used to call the golden mm-hmm. ticket races mm-hmm. the right people were injured or dropped out the right people didn't catch me no one noticed the winner already had a bib i got a bib to western states for my second hundred on like six or seven weeks notice oh my goodness oh my goodness so of course i ran it i had friends yeah, were, you had I to friends had been picked in the lottery and so i caused myself an acute gastric bleed during the race finished <sighs> threw up blood in the med tent it looks like curdled like coarse ground coffee grounds you know, that have been dyed dark purple. They try. Yeah, that was, I couldn't eat right for a week. Then I learned. So like all these people are like, oh, you just know all this stuff about stomachs and acids and sugars and all this stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. And posterior chain. I'm like, yeah, I guess why I learned all of that. The things have gone wrong. The things I have done dumb stuff. I just am sharing to try to help yeah. everyone else to not go through that. It wasn't really very pleasant. So then so like I did one in 2012 and one in 2013, right? Mm-hmm. And then I threw my name in the Western States lottery because I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that again. And I did a fall hundred where I actually went slow, ate all the food, didn't take any NSAIDs, didn't just put in tons of sugar on top of tons of caffeine on top of things that also raise stomach acid. And it went well. It didn't Amazing. go super fast, but it went well. And then I was still in Western States lottery. Mm-hmm. So then my friend was trying to make me run Leadville. And I said, no, it's a road race. All due respect to people who run it. It's perfectly fine. But I don't like oh, man. Flat races. And Leadville, Leadville's actually got like 15 or 16,000 feet of gain, 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a lot of gain. And it has a whole lot of bike path or things you could mm-hmm. easily ride a gravel bike on, even without skills. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's like quadruple track that's groomed. And I prefer disastrous things. Yes, clearly. Just, I just yes. do. So so I was like, I'm not running that. And it's huge. I've never run a road marathon, like crowds, you know, like yeah. high lonesome was super fun. Mm. So it was Western States lottery day and we were all in it. And I said, I'm never doing that. He said, you got to run the slam someday to be a serious ultra runner. Aren't you going to be a serious ultra runner? Oh my god! I was like, whatever. And so, but we went for a run in the morning. We're having beers. I'm like, fine. I'll tell you what, in front of the whole home running group. If I get a Western States bib on one ticket, I will sign up for the whole slam and then I will run Leadville with you because no one gets a bib on one ticket. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran the slam for hundreds, four, five, six, and seven. After oh which gosh. I decided, yeah, I know in four. So that was two years in a row for Western States. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it took me 28 and a half hours the first time with throwing up blood. And it took me like 23, 15 or so with no throwing up blood because I learned about acids yeah. and posterior chain strength. 
<laughs> yes. But then, so then after that, I was addicted to hundreds. And yeah. It, after that, I was like, okay, this is my thing. I'm just going to invent my own slam every year. And I'm just going to run five or six of these a year because this is what I like doing. Well, what is it about the hundred mile distance that really speaks to you? It's, it's nice because it's not 200 miles, right? Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> fair. Things we learned, things we learned last year. Oh, you did a 200 mile last year. We've recently discovered. Yes. We, well, we, we finished Cocodona 250 and oh, okay. then we, uh, we also did uh Swiss peaks 360 K, but we tapped out at a hundred miles, which is about 40,000 feet of elevation gain and three days. But um, yeah, I think we just discovered for me, like, it's like it's, some people are going to disagree, but like, for me, it's like the thing you're throwing into the competition at that point is uh, sleep. Like how well can you sleep during a race? It's like, I feel like if you're fit enough after doing them, if you're fit enough to do a hundred miler, you're fit enough to do a 200 miler. You mm -hmm. just, you know, pace it slower basically, and but, care. but we are very terrible at uh, sleeping during races as it turns out, both of us mm -hmm. are. <laughs> It but it's just your first time doing it though, right? You don't know. You could improve it. Yeah, we, we, we could practice, you practice, could practice the sleeping, like we'll go outside and lay down on the trail. <laughs> yeah. In, the, in Swiss Peaks, like there were these weird bees that like would land on your eyelids oh. when you tried to take a trail. Like we tried to take a dirt nap and they'd be like, it was like, ah. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think I slept, we, I slept we, once in the sleep station for an hour at Swiss Peaks. I think 100 is, is the sweet spot for both of us, which is very convenient. I like yeah. it turns out. <laughs> I like the occasional 100k. Yeah, I like yeah. them. But but I like the I like to go through the whole night. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean like like there's there's a couple 100k's on our to-do list but they're actually 100k's that have like 30 hour time limits and things. So mm. it's that I like I don't we we've discussed with each other and pretty much 50 hours is about the cutoff. So I think like we said 60. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. No, you're right. You're right. No, because I know why. Oops, I know why. See. There's two, there's two different hundreds that are slightly over distance that cut at 60 hours that have morning starts. So it's still two nights. Yeah. So, so 60 hours is about the max that I, I think I want to be out there. But so. um, yeah, I think 100 K is too short. I don't have a, a whole nights. lot of interest in um shorter distances either like hundreds that sweet spot where it's like i feel like usually the 100k mark is right where things really start to get hard mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. and and mm -hmm. that's part of what i like is that after that like i don't want it to end right when it gets hard like i want it you know i want that fight that fight at the end too so it's just like i feel like 100 miles is that perfect you know roller coaster of ups and downs and fighting through it and yeah. then you know i think but yeah because the 100ks on the list are on there because they take 100 miles amount of time yeah. So Lee, I mean, 50, 100 milers, which is your favorite one out of 50? Know. You don't know which is your favorite? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like looking at me. She's like, what's one for my favorite? That's, no, because, because, because whichever one most recently went well. Because Which one most recently went well? I don't know. <laughs> it's been... No, I've been having a rough week. Right. The, the menopause combined yeah. with like old injuries that I've aggravated. Like, ugh, I'm nervous about this one next week. What's ugh. next week? Um, uh, Mass Nut, which Mass neither oh, of us okay. has ever run. Okay. High Lonesome was pretty great. Uh, Eastern States, actually, although I do not want to go run it again and probably will anyway, because they do a really great job. Uh, no Business is pretty great. No business is great. I'll go run that again. We don't do a lot of repeats for hundreds, no, but, but you have to do it the opposite way, right? If you run the yeah, course one way one year. What, 
that's the op- what I need. It goes the opposite I, I way the other time. Yeah, she's them. she's got the two direction buckle twice, right? But uh, I yeah, I've got to go like back it. and get the other directions. So yeah, yeah, so next year, next year we'll be doing no business again. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah all right. That, you know, Carmel, what has been your favorite hundred miler? Ah, uh, you know what? I think my favorite is my first hundred miler finish was was the bear. And I just still have such it's a sweet one. spot for it. it. You know, part of it's sentimental because it was my first hundred miler finish, but um part of it is it's just a beautiful course, great aid stations, you know, it's just this fun. And it, it was a point to point. Like I really love point to points. I'll mm-hmm. do loops if there's there's nothing else, but um, you know, I have my limit on the loops. So yeah, the bear, and, and not only was it a point to point, it's like the scenery changes quite mm-hmm. a bit. Cause I feel like fat dog, um, 120 was, was it similar was with some of the scenery, but it was at the same time more redundant than the bear was like the bear, you get just mm. all sorts of different backgrounds. So that's yeah. what I'd say for me. Yeah, I mean, I from the time that Lee started running hundred milers, I mean, when Lee, you started running hundred milers, there weren't as many as there are today, right? No. Like there's, an insane amount of options of hundred milers today, as opposed to 10, 15 years ago. And yet there are whole months with barely any in them. Really? Think about so, it. Let's, I think yes, there'll be like a weekend where there's several in one weekend happening. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. We have this problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, like September, like the, list, the number of races I want to run that happen in that August to September. Oh area. yeah. You're like, I could see, I could see that being very, so are we going then, for the hundred, hundred miles? We have what decided what we're, I'm, I'm just going to see how long, because I don't want to start. I have friends that have done that. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of people that are on that list. Yeah. And because after you start running a lot of hundreds, you end up on kind of knowing each other. Yeah. At least a lot yeah, of yeah, you see each other. Know. Yeah. And I don't want to start. Like I talked to Greg about that and he got a little burned out because you start signing up for every single hundred that you could possibly drive to every weekend that you can mm-hmm. to the exclusion of any other sports or activities. Like sometimes I want to be on taper and also like where I've run too many too close together, like you get beat up and I can mm-hmm. keep shuffling them out, but I don't want to just shuffle out. Like there's a couple local ones that I know every inch of the course because I live here mm-hmm. and they're completely not my style, but I could go shuffle them out and finish them like they're 30 hour cutoffs, things that have a few thousand feet of gain. If you're experienced at hundreds, you could literally jog 20 miles of it and fast mm-hmm. walk the rest. And as long as you're very good at staying up in nutrition and keeping your aid station total time to like 20 minutes over a hundred miles, which I can do, yeah. you know, I could finish them, but it's not. So that's what happens when I find that the people have set that goal, when mm-hmm. they get to the second half of the hundreds, they start just trying to check the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not it's saying I'll the never challenge run of the individual of these, race, but yeah. I don't want to start wrecking all of my free time. And I, like, I want to, I want to have downtime between races and like go lead my friends that don't trail run on like creek hikes to picnic in the woods, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we were, we run like all the same races. We both have a, we both have FOMO. We have there too is much no people sitting on the sidelines. So if one of us <laughs> is going to sign up for a race, we're both doing it. And I, we like to race stack. We do, but I think. I think one thing that we've learned is we want to be more selective and not just run a race to run a race, you mm-hmm. know, but to run a race, we want to run it, not to go out and run a bunch of loops when we don't like or loops, visit not friends. to go run flat when we don't like flat. So I think that's part of what she's but saying is, you know, Squatch Ayanda is an exception race because we're going to that because friends in a cool RD, it does have loops, but friends in a cool, oh, RD yeah, is but super cool place. Different. So we're going there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do some loops, but I, mean, I don't <laughs> want to do yeah. occasionally. Yeah. 
yeah, right, those well, two mile loops aren't for me. But that's but, but that, there's a good reason. No, there's good reasons. Sometimes there's yeah. a super cool RD and your friends are all going and it's like a party thing. And yeah, there's good reasons. That's yeah. not the same as going just to shuffle out distance all by yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. It's almost like the idea of like a run streak, right? Like you're just going and knocking out your mile to knock out your mile. It loses its fun <laughs> within it. You know, it makes it, you know, yeah. having to measure it in that way can make it I less assume fun. that run streaks are fun for the people, some people. It's I don't fun know. for me, so I don't do it. Well, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem fun for me, but it does. I mean, they right. love it. They love there's, it. There's people that like foods I don't like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Talk to me about the women's hundred miler project. What is that about? Where did it come from? Oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a, a few things. So it's like I was saying, when I got sidelined, that was just I mean that was the, one of the most horrible things that ever happened to me I didn't think I'd be able to to run again and then discovering the strength training and having it change my life in so many ways and then from the time that I, I did that so when I was sidelined and I discovered the strength training I started doing that from the time I decided I was going to start training um for a hundred miler at that time I, I could only run a couple miles again I was just coming off that injury so I went from only being able to run two or three miles to completing my first hundred miler in less than 13 months. It was fun. And it was with that strength training. It was with um, part of like, like I adapted my plan. That's when Lee and I, um, well, we started being friends at first, no attraction <laughs> to each other. It was never going to go that way. I told my therapist, like, there's no chemistry. No, no, it's not I like told, that. Thank I God. Mine the same Thank thing. God. <laughs> and I'm like, here we are getting married in like what, two months. Um, there was chemistry, but no, we We're started hanging out. So I adapted my plan to hers and she, uh, I had contacted her because she, she ran the hundred milers, right? She was the only person I, she was just a distant acquaintance of mine, um, but she was the only person I know who did okay. that. So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm back in the Cleveland area. I'd like to do some running. And so we, we started syncing up basically. And I adapted um, or adopted her training plan. And so I think down the road, if you, you, you know, it got me to that hundred miler finish and then I, I got hooked on the hundreds, started doing them a lot, but then I had um, some stuff going where I had to go back to work like full force. I was working all the time and my job required me to be on the road. Um, I was actually an airline pilot. I could talk about it a little more now, now that I don't have to, don't have to worry. I'm no longer an airline pilot, but I was miserable in that job. And I was stuck away from running and away from training and like away from the friend community that you know, mm -hmm. the running community we had here. And I was looking for a way to kind of be connected to that, even though I was stuck away for most, most of the month. And mm -hmm. I think that's where some of the seeds started to kind of sprout for this project. And what it actually started as was the idea of just taking like one woman and putting her through this training that, mm -hmm. that we do and having mm -hmm. her do it for one year and kind of following her along, tracking her progress and having her run her first, uh, her first hundred miler. And it was funny. Cause we thought, you know, oh, we're going to have, we're going to have trouble getting somebody or one person's not going to be reliable. Maybe we could do it with three people. And we're like, ah, oh, we're not going to find three people. Well, we got more interest than we could take on. So it ended up being five women that we did this little project with, but we were having to turn women away, um, mm -hmm. at this point. 
So that kind of turned into the, well, rather than turn them away, maybe we just won't have them be part of the video project. Cause you know, I have to edit all the video and yeah. stuff. I can't be taking like, <laughs> can't be taking video, like 20 women going through their training for a year, you know, but it, it was like, well, maybe we could put them through the training, but just not have them be part of the video portion of it. And that's mm -hmm. where the idea came like, oh, we'll open this Facebook group. And so we, we launched this Facebook group. And I think within, oh, two weeks, I think we had a couple hundred members, uh, now we have, I think, closer to 900 members at this point. It's been rolling for a while, um, but we have just had, it just kind of spiraled into something that I think none of us ever expected it would. And the, the feedback we've gotten has been uh, just tremendous. We've had lots of women go through the training and finish their first hundred yeah. miler. We had about, what was it like 17 women do uh, rim to river last year. Mm. So we went out and did this big crewing thing. And oh my God. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was like it was before, before rim to river, we actually did a summer getaway where, so these women from this Facebook group who are all over the country, like a bunch of them came to this camping trip. Yeah. They came to this camping trip and we ran part of the rim to river course and they all got to meet each other. So when they did rim to river, it was like this big reunion out there, you know, is the coolest thing because they just got to see these like friendly faces and it just kind of changed the vibe. So it was, it was really neat. And we had a lot, a lot of success uh, with that race too. Yeah. Cause originally it was, that was Carmel's idea was to do video and try to make something so you could show people, here's some ordinary people. Mm -hmm. They weren't college track stars. They weren't people who already ran marathons. They were people who had not run an ultra for the most mm -hmm. part, or if they had, they'd done a 50 K they were not fast. They were mid pack to back of mid pack or back of the pack. And they, but you know, like it can be done. Cause I think a lot of women, like you get these guys who run two fifty miles and go, I can do a hundred. <laughs> yeah. And mm -hmm. I see so many yeah. women who've run like mm -hmm. 600 Ks and they're like, I just, I don't think I'm ready. And, and they're also trying to do plans made for 28 year old guys with no injury history. After having had three kids, you need way more hip strength, way more posterior chain, or you are going to injure yourself. You cannot, you know, so they're just trying to do high volume and they've got no idea of how to cut the volume back, have more rest days and do appropriate strength, but still keep some speed in there and things like that. So as to stay healthy and finish, because you don't need 70 mile weeks to finish hundred mile mm -hmm. to be elite. Yeah. You've got to go run 90 mile weeks and stuff but you do not need that to be a mid-pack runner. So as she, the video project turned into the Facebook group, it became a thing where even with the video project, I was like, I'll make the training plans because I know how to do that. So I started with that and I had to make YouTube videos for them to watch to do all their exercises because I couldn't always see them in person. And then we made the Facebook group and then I kept having to explain exercises. So then we had a YouTube channel. So then it, all of a sudden there's like 20 videos of how to do the exercises and the list of the order to do them in, in your weeks and like a progression of doing them and and it became this whole training plan. So as it grew, it just became more and more well. Every few weeks, I get one of these surveys. How do we get more women to run hundreds? Because there's a gender gap. Let's do a survey. You can't have childcare during hundreds. Do you yeah. know what it would cost to insure it? Like you get these absurd suggestions. Well, we'll have tampons. It's, although I'm I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have the tampons. I know, but like that's, that's not that's stopping not, women not, from not, running all We're not, <laughs> like, we'll yeah. tampons. We're not not running hundreds right. because we don't have the money for tampons. Like, come on. People who can travel to your hundred and buy running shoes can afford their tampons. I'm not yeah. saying that they aren't a cost that some women have and that we aren't all super lucky. We don't worry about that. There are women on earth worrying about that. I'm just saying that's not how you get more women in hundred milers. Right. So, so, so it's more, it's more, as far as I can tell, they don't know how to approach it. The guys mm -hmm. they're around are like, we just run. And they're like, that doesn't work for me. 
And yeah. so, and then there's paid coaching, but it's hard to pick one and it's exorbitantly expensive because coaching is a lot more than tampons, a yeah. lot, lot more. So it was about making something that's like for a regular person. And even some of the coaches don't coach women well. They yeah. just give this high volume plan that you're supposed to follow that's got way too much speed oh, yeah. for a beginner. And it just does not work well, and, and no strength whatsoever. And then when they get injured, we'll just go see a doctor. Well, well, the doctor most of the sports. private messages we get from people who have been injured are actually people who have running coaches yeah. and have them mm -hmm. on high volume plans and just not enough strength training. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a huge drive behind this is it. At home. This is all at home. And then, it, I mean, in addition to that, um, you know, the career I was stuck in, it was, it was full of just, you know, misogyny, toxic masculinity, all of that. And I think that kind of played into it too, where I'm watching, I think simultaneously, I felt like some of that was spilling into the running community, the trail running community, um, you know, partly due to some of the big names out there. And it was just, you know, I, I felt like that was becoming more of a toxic culture that I didn't want to see. So I'm like, well, how, Instead of being mad about it and, and letting this all wear me down, how can I turn this into something positive? Mm -hmm. You know, that whole corny, you know, be the change you want to see. <laughs> like, let's get more, like, like let's bring women in by the masses. And You tell them how like, to do it, they do it. I, I mean, I think overall, it's, it's just, it's been more than I ever expected already. Mm -hmm. And it just continues to grow. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah. yeah, she's actually, because she does software design now. Hmm. Rad. Uh, so she's actually building a, it exists as a website for the project, but a huge, I think it's going to be a much more integrated website to access all the information. So working on that, she's putting in a ton of work. Probably at some point it's going to be, we probably will begin coaching because we keep getting people in the program who coach, who have, they want to coach. So they pay a coach. So they get hurt. So we'll see. We'll have, we'll have some like extra paid options, but at the same time, we always want there to be a, a basic no charge. So it, it currently is no charge to join and there will always be uh you know, X amount of resources mm -hmm. that are yeah. definitely no cost. We want it available to all women who want yeah. to join, basically. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I love it for two reasons. One, because there is that narrative in ultra running, like, well, the participants, you know, genders are skewed because not as many women want to run ultras, right? There's that narrative. And then there's the thing, like I had this conversation with a guy the other day, I was talking to him. He's a really experienced ultra runner. He's two young kids. His wife was all, also a runner. Right. And I asked him, I was like, oh, well, how did your running change after you had kids? And he's like, oh, it didn't. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, we talked for a lot. I was like, oh, well, like, what's up with your wife running? He's like, oh, she doesn't run anymore. Jeez. And I like literally That's... stopped. And he kind of like realized it in his head of like, I was like, yeah, that's not good, actually. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. You should yeah. probably deal with that yeah. at some point in your life. But like, that's the thing, right? Like women have all these other responsibilities thrown on them that men just get to go run on the weekends or whatever, or not factoring these things in. And not all women have kids, but there's other issues of safety, not feeling like they can go get up early in the morning and go out to trails by themselves, right? Like there's so many other issues. And so it's amazing that you all are creating that community for women because they do want to run far and women are good at running far. You know, we're good at right. suffering in that capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was one of the things that this whole project made us realize because when I started off with the video project idea, it was like, oh, we'll make women want to run, you know, we'll inspire them. We'll make them want to run ultras. And it was right away as soon as we started 
were recruiting for that project, we realized like there is absolutely no shortage whatsoever of women who want to run ultras and who want to run a hundred milers. There's women, there's a shortage of women who currently have the confidence to do it or the, the they don't have that way like paved for them. So we just kind of tried to kind of create that path and make it easier to get there. Like here, here are the resources you need. This will cross, you know, this will get you across the finish line. Yeah, Cause they're more likely to be told they probably can't. A man is more likely to be told, well, that guy did it. You can do it. And a woman is more likely to hear, ah, and I even know like, and like what you referenced that often it's cultural and often we'll have some women who have, and I've definitely heard it directly from a couple of them locally. The husband is worried. Mm you know, mm. or thinks they're pushing too much or, you know, they come home tired and it's like, but you never, you rarely hear that from the guys. Mm-hmm. I've heard it occasionally, but even when I do hear it from them, they're like, yeah, my wife worries sometimes because I'm doing a tough thing. <laughs> it doesn't actually put the brakes on at all, you yeah. know, but all these women are like, well, I need to get a special watch. There's a fall mine. I need to get all these things. So my, because it's too big a burden on my husband to worry about me. Mm-hmm. That's cultural and we mm-hmm. cannot fix the entire culture, mm-hmm. but no. I do feel that even even with those women, and that's the thing, sometimes they say things like, we're also working, we've written most of a book, Carmel has to finish her sections, I do. and we have to have it edited, <laughs> and it's pretty much just how to run 100 miles, except that it's everything. It assumes a female audience instead of assuming a male audience, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't realize it, but anything about being female is always like the side note part. Oh yeah. I mean, most of the studies about How to lubricate runners your balls is males. That you, yeah. That you need to wipe down and re-lubricate your balls during a warm hundred is a side note little paragraph. Yeah. How to manage <laughs> figuring out which kind of menstrual cup you can and can't get out and how to make sure that you have dropped bags, something get your hands clean because you've been out on the trail and possibly have mud on your hands. Yeah. You remember that if you're there, like that's not a side note and it's in that detail which usually be like, well, and, you know, talk to other women runners about what they do for menstrual products is what most books say if they address it. They're yeah. Like, oh, that guy even mentioned it. Go him. We're just not the target audience. Mm-hmm. So we're used to trying to benefit from things that we're not the target audience for to such an extent that I think most women don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting mm-hmm. just writing it and just writing it for a female audience, but not, not that it excludes anyone. A man can read a book that mentions menstrual products and actually still figure Andy. out how to run. You just don't need that piece of information. I know what all the guys I we'll train with do. I know what the guys I do with do when they train for their, you know, they have to have their yeah. one pair of shorts or else bad things happen. Yeah. And they do the cowboy walk because they chafed their balls again. So, you know, it it it's uh we're doing that. And it but it has, you know, how to how to build your own training plan. But it has an entire section of how to manage the overnight. Mm-hmm. because the number of women who are like i don't want to say anything because i'm embarrassed but i'm scared to be in the woods alone at night mm-hmm. i can't get a pacer if my pacer falls through because our philosophy also is you do not need pacer or crew mm-hmm. you really don't you can have it and it's okay but plan to not have it plan your yeah. drop bags plan your race these are the things there's an entire how to cognitive behavioral therapy your brain to cope with the woods at night because actually the man that's telling you you shouldn't go in the woods at night is more likely to kill you than anything in the woods it's mm-hmm. unfortunate but that's actually true in our culture and in, in our country. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a, a man countries. you know. It's usually yeah. a man you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not general. Strangers don't go out in the, 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 there's city parks that I would hesitate with. But, you know, for the most part, the woods are not the most dangerous place you could be at night by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, we try so to just, you know, but people on all those. But the fear is things. real. But it's so more than just saying, saying, okay, so find a trail you're familiar with that, you know, is safe, you know, run when it's going to get a little dark. And just do your last half mile in the dark and get used to it. Get more and more used to it. You can condition yourself to be used to it. You can repeat things. You can sing songs. You can do things. Because the answer with guys is, well, just get some mace. Run with a guy. 
don't run at night. Yeah. Run like, with that's, the gun. that's not useful. Like, the solution yeah. <laughs> is know that your fear is okay. It's okay to be afraid. You can go in the woods in the dark and be scared out of your mind and still actually be safe and you can work your way through it. That the solution is to work your way through it and make yourself braver about it, which is going to help you when you go try to run a hundred miles. But you can't undo it. There are even things like uh, we took a video of Lee peeing on a tree. Oh, now, yeah. why why <laughs> it had to be actual peeing? I don't know, but it we it, it was side you. you can't see anything special. <laughs> it was it was Lee peeing on a tree, like showing you know this is a good How way. I, once your quads are tired, this is a good way you, to do it. And you know we we posted it in our, our Facebook group, and I'm thinking like this is totally pointless. But then you actually get the feedback like thank you. I didn't. I, I was wondering about this. Yeah. And so it's like our group. Because guys like, just stand there and pee. It's just yeah. it's a lot of things that people are afraid to ask, and there's absolutely no tolerance for you know bullying or making people, you know, it's not the tour page. Like it's it's like there is anybody could ask anything. There's there's no dumb questions, and it, like we have just such. I mean part of why the group is what it is, is just how incredible the members are and how mm -hmm. supportive they are of each other. And that's the type of thing where like, if you didn't know how to pee on a tree, you're going to learn how to pee <laughs> on a tree. And there's no shame that you didn't know how to pee on a tree. But for me, you know, I mean, I've been peeing in the woods since I was like five, like, it's <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's just not something I would have ever thought that people would have uh, needed to see so it's it's good you know to, to well, that realize was, that like, wasn't okay we can bring it down to the basics and and have people not afraid to ask and have people not afraid to but say she, thank you for this video it helped me you know you, that could have helped you because do you remember that race out west when you fell down while peeing and peed on yourself peed on themselves you during an ultra right <laughs> if you had the stand up technique where you lean your butt on the tree and pull the shorts forward you wouldn't, my leg cramped you wouldn't have peed on yourself so see you can use it <laughs> but it was, uh, she likes to bring this one up a lot because it was it's just one of my proudest moments so this race was like record record breaking heat right and I, I started to almost heat stroke literally. literally at two miles like I was getting hot at the finish line and at two miles I was like oh my god I gotta sit down and you know I watch everybody fly by me I'm literally Shit. back of the pack and I had remembered I just crossed a stream so I went back to the stream I took my shirt off and I dunked it in the stream and I put it on and it helped so much and from then on Every time I passed a stream, I would, you know, dunk my shirt in the stream and it, it would help keep me in the game. Like more than half of the race, like I think like three fourths of the race dropped, you know, they, it was just so miserably yeah, hot. Well, but yeah. towards the end, I get, you know, it had been a while since I'd seen, uh, since I'd seen a stream and I'm getting hot again. And finally I see some kind of stagnant water. It's like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, any water's good. You know, I just got to cool down and it had kind of a film at top. I'm like, it's fine. Well, I dunk my shirt in and like, right when my shirt breaks the film, there's just this overwhelming smell of cow shit. Oh and God. Like, oh my gosh. So I had to put this shirt back on just covered in like cow shit. And then it was like 10 miles later that my leg cramped while I was peeing. And so then I also pee on myself. So I do like the last 20 miles of this race, like covered in cow shit and my own urine and then when I get to the finish line the RD's like you're an amazing person and he goes to hug me and I'm like no stop and this was like towards the end of COVID too so I think at first he thought that like it was like a social distance thing that I'm yeah. like no stop yeah. you know and he's like oh and I'm like I'm covered in cow shit in my own pee and he's like oh oh that's okay <laughs> and he hugs me but yeah that's it. so funny what I really love about this conversation with you, is you so two fun. both clearly love 100 milers but nothing you all have said about the 100 miler <laughs> sounds good at all. I'm going to be honest with you. As someone who loves the distance, 
Like, <laughs> you know, have, like I'm bleeding. Well, okay. I'm no, peeing on myself. I'm covered in cow shit. I have GI issues. Okay. So let me tell you about a really good race. I ran. Okay. Here we go. Nothing yeah. went wrong. My okay. pacing was all on point. Didn't throw up, just kept an even pace, mm -hmm. finished them just under my goal time. Is this interesting? No, it's, it's not, not. But it's so amazing. No, the, <laughs> the bad races are more interesting <laughs> yeah, to hear about. I know. And there's I've like had... this halo effect of ultra like, running where it's like the most miserable ones. You hate them at the time, but you look back like, yeah, that was a good race. Yeah, I have man. favorite races that are my favorite races because I've had a few hundreds go perfectly to plan. Perfect. Like, like really, they couldn't really have gone better. I ran times that when you look, you're like, wow, yeah, that damn and it's like yeah they, everything went perfectly to plan and I was trained up and actually hadn't stacked my races up and it was great but they weren't it's not a good story <laughs> no it's not as much fun and then I was no. running and I just kept running and then you know I took some walk breaks and, and <laughs> yeah like, you're like no that's not that's not the story moments. yeah yeah you need yeah, the, like, the epic ones those like are the, the ones you know, where you're like yeah that was a good race man <laughs> It's like, I really know it was probably terrible at the time, but we remember those bad ones. Yeah, like, like, you want to like, oh yeah. So then it was 106 degrees and I couldn't get out of the sun. And then we had to cross the stream and it was way steep. And I, they didn't put a rope and I almost went, got swept down the stream, which I didn't even care about at the time. because so I was going to die of the heat. And then I got lost in Canyon. <laughs> These things are interesting <laughs> to hear about that happened. It was a, some, not everyone has the same idea of what constitutes good safety measures. So you do some of these races and like, there's a stream that is eight inches deep and they've got like two ropes to hold onto and spotters. And you go to another race and you're like, I'm gonna get swept down the stream. And mm -hmm. like the runner ahead of you pauses like, you know, you got this. And there's no else there. <laughs> so you all go to the same hundred milers. You run them at the same time. Are you running them together? Like the whole race? Typically no, no, typically no. We um we run our own races. That's very much understood. I mean, except like Coca um, except Cocodona and Swiss Peaks, we we went into those longer distances ahead of mm. time, um, knowing that we were going to do Cocodona was do like them a couple retreat. together. Yeah, we joked that it was our couples retreat. <laughs> um, but uh, for hundred milers, we very much have the understanding that we're we're going to run our our own race. She's faster, typically. Um, not always. And so there, it's happen. worked out a couple times that we have um, synced up. And uh, actually, sorry, every time you do that, it like echoes. I'm, I'm a fidgeter. Um, okay, yes, you're good. I, I have like a, a thing I'm holding in my hand, just twitching with. So you're good. Yeah. So it's it's just worked out a couple times where we've synced up, and usually that's that's because she's having a you know something's <laughs> going something's going on. And so it was actually kind of interesting because um it, like. The first time that that happened or first two times that happened we kind of we stayed together but then uh this uh, most recent one I hurt myself, in, in yeah. yeah in march uh, we did uh reto del indio in panama mm -hmm. and uh that one you know she ended up coming back like you know i caught up with her and we were together for most of the race no, i was trying was, to keep up with her. she was progressively slowing down and slowing down Couldn't and walk. it was it was interesting it was like i feel like kind of like a step in our relationship because it's like <laughs> i didn't realize there was like an imbalance there but i realized like she would never like stay back with me mm -hmm. if i was going this slow and i'm starting to worry about the cutoff and you know so we finally had that conversation where i'm like you I would you this would never go the other way you know so so i ended up going on that and i was that was the first time that i no, went on she without her then she wouldn't go on 
Mm -hmm. until we got to the oh well but because then she got really rough and it was to the point that I wouldn't have left anybody that way that it got to the point where I'm like okay I'll get you to the aid station and then I'm leaving your ass at the aid station (laughs) no but I wouldn't have uh, left anybody in the state you were in (laughs) at that point (laughs) she was forgetting to have calories and stuff at that point and just had that dazed look and we're in like rural Panama like in the woods at night it was just like I'm like sure she I'm sure she'd be fine but I would you know any runner any runner I would have taken into the aid station at that point it was like mile 82 I was so aggravated because to get that far but I just I could barely walk yeah I didn't walk right for about a week after that one that's what I'm that's why I'm worried about this next race concerned I've been doing the things though (laughs) (laughs) so what's the next like a big goal race for you all Oh, oh, oh. oh Jigger Johnson right Oh, no, I was going to say uh, Drakensburg. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jigger Johnson's on the schedule, but we're hoping to do a crazy mountain. Yeah, we have a we've got a race pretty much every month starting in June through Um, September. Yeah. Oh, all right. We've we've got next year we want to run the Drakensburg Ultra Trail Drakensburg 100 mile, which is in the Drakensburg Mountains, which are in eastern South Africa. But it starts in Lesotho and then runs into South Africa as a point to point. Yeah. yeah so this would be like we really want to I mean the it. whole thing would be like a trip of a lifetime like we would then yeah. road trip up to Zimbabwe I want to bungee jump off of Victoria Falls if I was wanting to do that and then we would take like I'm a little uh, plane yeah. over to uh, Madagascar if we can yeah. um so we're we're really hoping we can make that work um in 2024 and I think if if we do decide to do that there's going to be a little break after uh after our streak here I think we're going to take a little break after October and, and put in some good training and stuff but yeah Yeah. we've got got a solid just um not local but just uh you know in the country uh schedule (laughs) for for the next uh five months here I guess amazing amazing okay so out of the women's hundred miler project how many women in it guesstimate you may not know exactly have like gone through the program to complete their first hundred miler we don't even know because some of them don't post anything yeah. And then suddenly post. And we have some people who join to join, mm-hmm. despite we like we've had to make increasing filters because people join because they're like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to be a part of the cool thing. Mm-hmm. And either we're like, you sometimes I know who they are. I'm like, no, this is for us to coach beginners. We don't need other coaches. You cannot. Yeah. We've had yeah, people yeah. try to join to spy on the coaching because they are coaches mm-hmm. or join trying to. And we're like, no, we're not looking for other experienced ultra runners to give advice. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Women's there's a uh, ladies running 100 milers. Yeah. Facebook, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's for when you want like 12 opinions. Yeah. But for a lot of the newer runners, when they get 12 opinions, they don't, they don't have yeah. experience pick. They don't want 12 opinions on nutrition. You want ladies run a hundred miles to hear what like a bunch of other people with experience do for their nutrition. So you can just like, see if there's ideas you haven't thought of yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to be clear, this, this came from direct feedback. So when mm-hmm. we were starting up the project and we're like, well, if you wanted to train for a hundred, like, why aren't you, you know, what, why aren't you doing it till now? Like what made you interested in this project and this opportunity? And the feedback was largely like, we didn't know where to start. And like, yes, there are those, those other Facebook groups, but you get so much conflicting information and it can be very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So we decided we're making our group. It's not that we think we're the be all end all of ultra running, but it's that this group is specifically to have one approach and not be overwhelming. It's Mm -hmm. to streamline that information, streamline that path and not have all that noise everywhere. And we continue to get feedback that that's what 
people need. Yeah. Like we're trying to adapt our group for the needs of people. Um, so when, when people do try to come in with that, we we try to keep it out. Like we, we just read it. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, don't contradict the training plan because you can't be on more than one plan at once. And our plan is very like we put years and years of research into this. This all comes from like you know all the time she's she's invested in this and physical therapy it's it doesn't necessarily work with with other plans you know it's meant to be a lower volume training plan a higher strength training plan and once you start throwing conflicting information out there and telling people to do other things it doesn't work as efficiently anymore so so that's that's the reason for that but that uh, sorry i think we sidetracked a little bit oh, you're to, good. Uh, to your question it does make it kind of difficult um to know who's following the program to a T, who's just in there because they want the support, even though we try to say, don't come in just for, you know, just for that. Like it's a, it's a training group. So, but yeah, I do think it's, it's over a hundred. And we do get like a lot of people who were like, you have no idea they're there. And one day they're like, I've been lurking for months and I've been Here's on this plan and I just finished. Thank you guys. Amazing. And we're like, whoa, you know, this person's never even posted. So yeah, I do think it's over, definitely over a hundred women. And then I think even, I, I think you could additionally add probably close to a hundred of people who have used some of our resources, but maybe not followed the plan completely. And I think especially, you know, some of the YouTube videos and such, like we go into things like, like salts, you know, and, and, and Tom's and kind of the routine we go through there. Like, I think that information helps people tremendously too, or, or pacing, like, you know, we, we both kind of believe that uh, one of the biggest reasons for dnfing hundreds is, is overpacing the beginning the so so going into all these different topics um even if they're not following the plan to a t i think they're they're benefiting in one way or another from the project yeah no i love that approach it's like you're filtering out information because it is a lot yeah. to look up how to run a hundred miler now and there's a million different approaches most of them tailored to fast men but there's just yeah. a million different answers out there so i love that you're being like no this is a grace just to get one answer we may not be there. This is, this is the type of runner to be in a situation yeah. like low volume, high strength training. I think that's amazing. And a hundred women to do an ultra runner to be, become a hundred miler runner is insane. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and you probably really had no awesome. idea that would be, I mean, you said three women, five women. Cause a bunch <laughs> of them were out, right. well, a bunch of them were out yeah. in dinosaur Valley. Some of them were no business. They've all been like, there've been a few yeah, different places. places and then some of them. Yeah. There, there have been some group ones. ones. Like sometimes we'll try to push them. Um, you know, some group ones, like there's a, what did how, how do we say it? Squatchyanda? Is that Squatchyanda. Squatchyanda Trail Festival out in uh, New Jersey is mm -hmm. the one that oh. we're really trying to get everyone to this year. Uh, the the RD is uh, Kim Levinsky. She's, yeah, she's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's got, mm -hmm. you know, she's just got uh, similar values as mm -hmm. us and, and just really wanting people to succeed. And what, one of the things we love is that instead of a hundred, so she's got the hundred mile with the 36 hour cutoff, but mm -hmm. she also is offering a 36 hour race so that you mm -hmm. register for the 36 hour. You're not a DNF. If you don't hit hundred miles, you're just going out. Like if you're not feeling totally confident yet in doing that hundred miles, you get to go see how far you go in, in that 36 hours. I think mm -hmm. that's so cool. So that's, that's kind of the race we we're hoping to get a lot of like a really good turnout uh, yeah. at this year. So we'll do things like that too. So that kind of helps boost the numbers because it, it attracts yeah. more women when they're like, oh yeah, the, you know, the group's going to this. So that's, also, that's have you cool. seen their belt buckle? I have, I have seen their belt have buckle. You? It's pretty yeah. cool. You know why we signed up because we have yeah. to have that. It's interesting. <laughs> and I'm sure you all have noticed this, the same names that pop up in certain portions of the ultra running community and the ultra running community that 
we all are a part of as more inclusive and more progressive it's the same rds that people are coming back to it's the same racism you're saying dinosaur valley that has come up yeah. in so many conversations i've had right um kim's races i definitely have associated like and so it's interesting it's like the same people <laughs> so you all end up really intimately knowing each other even though it's like across country it's well, interesting high lonesome, high lonesome, yeah. lonesome yep yeah yeah they've done an amazing job i mean um yeah, I always forget their name. Team Sparkle Productions down in Kansas. They're an amazing group as well. You should look them up. Okay. They're amazing. Look up Team Sparkle Productions. They're really great. Actually, um, good for but how do you all choose races now? I mean, you all have done a lot of races. How do you races choose which race to run do? that are pretty? Okay. <laughs> so races that friends that have super cool belt buckles and our friends convince us we should go to with them. Okay. Um, which is because or just our friends are all going and we're like, well, if we're going to go, so Mohican and is because oh. our friends are all going mm-hmm. and I also need revenge on it and Squatch Ayanda and you've never run. So this is kind of funny, like Mohican's kind of our local race and mm-hmm. it's like neither of us, re- I hate to say it, but neither of us really care about it. There's nothing exciting about it. It's four <laughs> loops. Like it's that kind of thing, we know but it's course. like, it's all like. Like there's a very high chance I haven't DNF'd in so long, but like I'm worried about Mohican because we're doing it two weeks after Mass and nothing. So it just oh, all goodness. it's funny because it just always ends up that it's like right after something else. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's this nothing little local race that like you know, it's like we <laughs> we perform it terribly because it's like it's always after something else. But well, and then like Jigger Johnson is a first year hundred mile that goes through the White uh, Mountains. Oh, okay. You heard of this nonsense? No, I have oh, not. Unmarked 50 yeah. hour cutoff out and back through the White Mountains. Oh, it has to be unmarked because that's how she got the permit to be able to run. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like they ran the 50 mile and 100K last year. So this is the first year for the full 100 mile. So obviously. So I'm, I mean, I'm excited about yeah. that. Like I I've hiked in the White Mountains is crazy out there. And I, I remember thinking like, oh, it'd be so cool if there, there was a hundred miler out here, but it could never get permitted. Yeah. So I, I was really surprised to find out that like somebody got the permit to do a hundred miler through there. So that's going to be intense. So, I mean, I guess to answer your question, uh, we gravitate towards things that generally sound pretty awful to other people. Like, (laughs) And then people, people find us with them. Like, I think I'm pretty sure that like some friend of mine is like, Oh, this one has a woman RD and she's super cool. This is a challenge. Like people, people know that we like dumb stuff. So they'll mess oh, yeah, so they... like, Oh, have you heard of this idiocy? Like, <laughs> yes. Crazy, so... crazy mountain is also a female RD. She's a rancher and it's out in Montana. And um, yeah, it's the theme is I think women RDs too. Yeah. Now. I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that. But it's, it's in, there's a mountain range called the crazy mountains and I saw pictures of it and it's beautiful. So yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's, it's like word of mouth. People kind of know what, what kind of stuff we like. And like she said, they'll, they'll come to us and be like, Hey, you should run this one. And, or, or like, and we're we're saying no, obviously with all the races coming and all, up. all the people that were enjoying fat dog were like, Oh, you should run Finlayson arm. If you like this course, because <laughs> it's more gnarly. Yeah. So that, and, and when we tried to do like one or two international trips a year, like we really love traveling. Like we have such a big bucket list. Like for, for a while we had this whole, like off to the side over here, we had this whole big like race board full of races. So now we have a map over there that we're starting to put races all over so that we could kind of combine the races with the travel and you know, see the world that way. So it's just, I love that. I love that so much. Well, I appreciate you both coming on and talking to a stranger about running. Yeah. I love yeah, it. I love talking about Amazing. it. Amazing. I, I love you having us on. <laughs>
you're like uh, you're also a total stranger so appreciate you <laughs> you're not um, a total stranger now that's true no we're all like good friends now we're, like, we're all yeah, pals exactly um thank you both so much i appreciate you have a lovely evening all right you thank you you too take care have a good one <laughs>